Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. My intro song for the month of October has been changed, <laughs> but only because this is a special spooky month. It's Halloween month, everyone. I fucking love Halloween. I'm festive as fuck. I usually throw a big party every year for Halloween. This year it's on a Monday, still throwing it. It's just going to be a bit more chill than the previous years. That's okay. It's going to be awesome. I got a pumpkin carving contest lined up. I got the costume contest lined up and I've got horror movies lined up up but let's not talk about horror movies this week perhaps that's next week Ooh! to honor the spooky season i saw it fit that every episode this month will be spooky creepy and mysterious and or mysterious and or all things halloween each week will get a little more spooky and the last week of october will be fictitious, spooky stories. The kind of thing you hear around a campfire that gives you the creeps. I'm going to mention this at the end of my podcast again, but if you're a writer, if you write short stories, if you write creepy short stories, if you write creepy short stories that are based around Halloween or Halloween themed, please email them to me and perhaps I will read them at the end of this month for the ultimate Halloween special. Uh, The email is hellnopodcast at outlook.com. Hellnopodcast, all one word. To kick off the spooky season, I have selected a real fascinating, creepy spooky place. This week, we are going to be talking about the catacombs under Paris. These are, uh, (laughs) these are very creepy and they scare the hell out of me. A lot of people don't know a lot of people don't know this. There's basically an entire underground city under Paris, France. You heard me, under Paris, France. But there it is. And it's like a labyrinth. And yes, lots of people go down there for exploring, partying, camping. Some people even spend weeks down there. Let me just say, these are not well-groomed paths at all. These are old as hell, they're deep as hell, and confusing as hell. They are over 300 kilometers of a maze, spanning 32 square kilometers, which to give you a visual is 10 times the size of Central Park in New York. Explorers illegally do this. They illegally go down there, and it is so dangerous because tunnels can collapse. They're crawling through holes and tunnels and rocks, barely big enough to squeeze through at some points. It is, uh, it is what I call subterranean spelunking. Spelunking, if you don't know, means cave exploration. If you've never heard that term before, it's just the exploration of underground tunnels, sometimes even underwater. It's scary. If you get lost in the catacombs, in the Paris catacombs, if you get lost down there, you can wander around 
until you die. If your lights go out, if you run out of battery on your flashlight or whatever, you're in complete darkness basically for the rest of your life because your life isn't going to be very long if that happens to you. Because like I said, it is a labyrinth down there. It is illegal to go down there. People do go down there, but not regularly in some parts. In some parts, maybe never because it's so vast and so big. The odds of somebody stumbling upon you is um it'd be, it'd be slim it wouldn't surprise me if there are people lost if people's bodies are down there right now who have got lost in there wouldn't surprise me at all they are so deep underground the catacombs are so deep underground even if you were to scream for help nobody from the above world would be able to hear you it's possible even people a couple tunnels over wouldn't hear you even one tunnel over because the limestone it absorbs sound so it just gets even creepier okay also major nightmare alert water gets in these tunnels and the caves in some parts are flooded up to the explorer's necks as they pass through like the murky water in incredible tight spots but it gets even spookier This wouldn't be a Halloween special. I know, okay, for the whole month of October, we're all, every episode is a Halloween special. The last one is a Halloween extra special, okay? But it gets even spookier. There's a reason why I'm talking about these catacombs. Well, for everything I just said, but also uh, because uh, there's a lot of dead bodies down there. Yeah, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me start at the beginning. So the catacombs under Paris were carved out in the 1300s. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. This isn't going to be a dry history lesson. Although I must sprinkle. I wonder if I can add a sound effect in there. A sprinkling sound effect. If you hear a sprinkle, it means I did manage to figure that out. If you don't hear a little sprinkle sparkle sound, it means I didn't. Okay. So in some historic facts. Okay. So, oh my God. I must sprinkle in some historic facts just so you know what we're dealing with here and how they became what they became and also how it became to hold six million bodies. Well, their skeletal skeletal remains. Six million skeletal remains. Maybe more. They probably lost track after six million. They're like, how many is that? Ah, six million and one. Okay, I'm going to stop counting now. I don't know. Anyways, that's right. Along with it being an extreme maze of crumbling stone underground, complete darkness, flooded passageways, and hidden entrances, it also houses six million dead bodies. Did you say houses or homes? It also houses slash homes. Six million dead bodies bodies Halloween special some people say even more this is all true yep uh, what I'm telling you everything I'm telling you this is very very true you can watch videos of people literally crawling over bones and sitting on a bone throne a throne made of human bones there's they made one down there by they I mean the explorers the cataphiles we'll talk about cataphiles in a minute but uh also there's like walls lined with bones and skulls there's a lot of bones and skulls I mean six million people that's a lot of skeletal remains and people just got creative with them 
I mean, hey, Halloween special. There is even a legal area you can visit as a tourist attraction to see a small percentage of these bones. And a small percentage of 6 million, that is still a lot of damn bones. The part of the catacombs that is legal to enter is only 1% of the entire labyrinth. It is said the catacombs could be over 300 kilometers and about 65 feet below the surface of the earth, which means about a five-story building deep. But there are different levels, so the lowest level is even deeper in the earth. I couldn't get an exact number of how many levels the Paris catacombs are, I believe the 65 feet below the earth's surface, that's the highest level. So the lowest level could be, man, I don't know, 150 feet under, under the earth. That's crazy. The remains that lay down there belong to people that did not die down there. Okay. Well, mostly we'll talk about that later. It was the year 1763, and the Parisian cemetery, which was located in the city center, was bursting with bodies. I'm talking mass graves of dead bodies on top of dead bodies, bones on bones, corpse wax on corpse wax. Oh, you don't know what corpse wax is? Either did I. I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. They had 300 years of burials adding up. Uh, and with the booming population came a lot of sickness, a lot of disease, and a lot of death. So they had a problem. They had a real stinky problem. These bodies were starting to smell. And that is an understatement. It was gagging people. And it was affecting the living as they did stuff like, I don't know, lived People who lived near the cemetery had so much decomposition in the air that milk was curdling and wine was souring at a rapid rate and the French, they do not like their wine to sour, okay? The smell made it impossible to live a daily life uninterrupted. Local businesses couldn't even operate. It was just, it was really, really bad. It was terrible to smell. Oh man, the smell. Imagine one dead body smell. I've heard it smells bad. I have never stumbled across a dead body. I've never worked with dead bodies. I don't know what dead bodies smell like, but I've smelled a dead rat and it was real fucking bad. So imagine 6 million dead bodies. I don't know. Ooh, okay. Uh, so that's when burials became banned in the capital, in Paris. Uh, so what they did with their dead I'm kind of unsure of actually. I'm not sure if they were cremating them or bringing them somewhere else to bury them. I'm not sure. They couldn't bury the bodies in Paris. Up until 1774, everyone had forgotten about the underground tunnels since after all, they were mined in the 1300s for the limestone, which built Paris. Fun fact, including Notre Dame. So I learned a lot about Paris. I've never been to Paris. I've been to like the border of France once by accident. But... I've never been to Paris. Originally, Paris was not built over top of the tunnels, but eventually as the city grew over hundreds of years, it ended up extending and nobody knew what layeth beneath them. But, and this is a huge but, in 1774, they were reminded when a part of the city 
collapsed into the earth due to the unstable mines below. So, I mean, for hundreds of years, these mines kind of held up without anybody reinforcing them, fixing them, stabilizing them. It's a miracle that a collapse didn't happen before this. I mean, they must have been built pretty good in the 1300s. So, okay, back to the collapse. People were just going about their day, cleaning and cooking in their homes, when boom, they were buried in rubble as the earth below came out. Absolutely terrifying. Buried alive. Just, hey, uh, making some pancakes, making some croissants and then oh no you're not you are sucked into the earth and you are now buried alive by rubble terrifying then the collapses kept happening nobody knew where would get sucked into the earth next and finally the king louis the 16th he was like okay guys we gotta do something about the city we gotta do something about this guys my people are getting swallowed by the earth and this is crazy, okay? We got to do something about this. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, that's a great idea. We got to do something about this. We didn't know these mines existed, but there's been a collapse and now we know. So what's up? What do we do, Louis the Sixteenth, King Louis the Sixteenth, And the people were like, also, King, King Louis the Sixteenth, don't forget about that dead body stink either okay it is uh it's bad we've got a couple problems here king tell us your plan the king hired an architect named charles axel guillemo which is when the mine inspection group was created and their job was to go down below the city in these crumbling collapsing flooding dangerous as fuck tunnels and caves to map them out so they could at least know where they were and charles he did the damn thing he explored them he mapped them he discovered the weak spots and he stabilized them this would have taken years and it would have been terrifying so hell yeah charles axel gilmo awesome hope i'm saying your name right then, six years later, in 1780, the overstuffed cemetery that was causing the stink also had a wall collapse and rotting, putrid bodies flooded out. These bodies didn't have enough oxygen to properly decompose the way the living would have wanted them to, probably the way they also wanted to decompose. Anyways, they couldn't decompose. It was just too much decomposition in the air. Didn't know that that could be a thing, but it was too much decomposition, not enough oxygen, I guess. You know, hey, it's science and magic. I wouldn't understand. I'm going to try to grasp this concept in a minute. But first, because of that gruesome scene and the corpses were all covered in something called corpse wax, the king was like, well, all right, now we really can't ignore this problem anymore. I've kind of been uh, thinking about it, been thinking about it for a while now, but I I've got an idea. And everyone was like, hell yeah, King, let's hear it. You know, you said you were going to do something about these bodies, burying, stopping burials didn't work. Then the city started collapsing. You said you had a plan for that. That seems to be going well. But like, let's hear the second part of your plan. And the King says, Hear me out, okay? We got all these tunnels underground, right? We've got them mapped. 
300 kilometers of these some bitches below our city. And everyone was like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's been the talk of the town for six years now. Charles is doing a great job uh, mapping those out. And he's finished now. So what's up? And the king pitches the idea that they dig up and move all the dead bodies in Paris into the tunnels and caves. After all, it's mapped out. They're stable. Nobody uses them anymore. We won't be able to smell the bodies anymore. Burying our dead is banned. And the church is not happy about that. So we got we to gotta fix a few things. Let's do it. Everyone was like, yeah, move all the bodies. Yeah. So finally, they had a solution and they got to work digging up these putrid corpses and uh, moving them below earth over the next seven to 12 years. Some sources say seven, some sources say 12. I'm going to say seven to 12 years. And in an interesting turn of events, the local candle and soap makers removed all the corpse wax from the bodies which was the thing that was covering these bodies because they couldn't properly decompose because there wasn't enough oxygen and that was not helping with the stink factor. So they're like, okay, candles and soap makers were like, we will remove this corpse wax. We will take this off your hands. We're going to make soap. We're going to make candles out of it. Then we're going to sell it in our shops. So waste not, want not, right, King? The King was like, whatever you do, you. So hold on. Imagine if a bar of that soap still existed. That would be wild. If anyone knows if these candles or soaps are in a museum, please let me know. Send Send me a DM on the Insta. Also, I wouldn't mind owning one of those candles. Just hear me out. Think of the conversation starter that would be hello welcome to my home uh also would you like to see a candle made out of corpse wax from the 1700s hmm no yes hmm (laughs) anyways anyways okay p.s am i the only one fascinated by this corpse wax i must learn more i googled google Google.com, Google, what the fuck is corpse wax? And I got an answer. Gizmodo.com tells me that for a body to decompose back into the earth, it needs proper bacteria and oxygen levels. But when those needs aren't met, there is a different kind of bacteria that can thrive without air, which is pretty rock and roll. The outer body will develop a hard shell around it, preserving the insides for a long ass time. But then this article went on to tell me this, and I am quoting this directly from this website. Quote, when water hits fat, it can start a process called hydrolysis. The water molecules split the fat molecules and recombine them. There's also the process of hydrogenation in which hydrogen combines with fat molecules to make them harder. And hydrolyzed fat coats the outer body, sealing it off inside, unquote. Okay, I'm not going to pretend I completely understand uh, that process, but who knew that was a thing? Not me. Am I interested in this? Yes, absolutely. This has actually been seen in German cemeteries as well. And scientists have actually studied this process and found that human tissue submerged in tap water for 18 months develops corpse wax. 
So it seems like water and lack of air plays an important role in this process. Along with that uh, is the bacteria that needs no air to thrive. And it actually preserves the body by creating wax out of the fat during this process and making that hard shell layer over the body and then no oxygen can get in and then proper decomposition can't happen and then you're left with all this stinky stank so in short the body turns fat into wax and uh, never exposes the skeletal frame yeah i don't know you can see why that would smell bad though okay so let's recap 1300s the tunnels are mined for limestone and paris is built tunnels were then forgotten about until the great collapse in 1774 then the tunnels were mapped explored and stabilized all the while the city above suffocating on decomposition from the dead which were covered in corpse wax and after the bodies spilled out from their own collapsed wall happening uh they were then dug up and brought down in the into the catacombs starting in 1780 the catacombs had secret entrances Mm, had sorry have still the catacombs have secret entrances all over the city including access from uh buildings and homes and on the street manholes train tunnels a lot of entrances in 1793 a hospital worker found himself lost in the dark he was working nights at this hospital in paris when he went down to the cellar to get some schnapps okay he must have been having a little party by himself that's cool the cellar was connected to the catacombs and the man somehow i don't know how was i have no idea how but he ended up in the catacombs and getting lost maybe because he only had one damn candle with him and didn't bring matches uh that candle blew out and he was in complete darkness so good luck finding your way back i you know what though i hope he found his schnapps at least He wasn't seen again until 11 years later when his body was discovered in the tunnels by people who were exploring it. They were like, what's down here? Oh, okay, a dead body with hopefully a bottle of schnapps, an empty bottle of schnapps in his hand. But um, they knew it was him because of the keys on his belt. And they were like, whoa, that guy's been missing for 11 years. Last seen getting schnapps from the cellars connected to the catacombs that man he died down there and his body is still down there as they never removed him they just buried him where they found him Uh, and there is a legend and this is very halloweeny there's a legend that says every november 3rd his spirit returns and haunts the catacombs was that dramatic i felt like that was really dramatic okay back to it in 1810 They reassessed what was happening down there and they thought maybe they should put the bodies in some kind of order because it was just chaos of bodies and bones and skulls. There was no order. Uh, And so they started to build walls and structures out of the, out of like a small percentage of bones. I don't know if they got bored a couple years into this project or what, but not all the bones made it into artwork. Some of them just are crushed and now have tourists crawl over top of them while illegally exploring the tunnels a small percentage of those bones and skulls uh you can actually visit and uh what i found interesting was the guy who wrote cinderella i don't know ever heard of it and uh, another little uh story called little red riding hood hmm 
Charles Perrault, that's the man's name who wrote those, his remains are down there. The walls, so if you go down there into the tourist part where you can like pay and go, and I think it's like two kilometers only, they've sealed it all off from the rest of the catacombs because allegedly a tourist went missing one time when they were on a tour of the uh, bit where you can go in. They were like, oh, pay us money and we'll take you into this tourist attraction where you can look at Charles Pro's bones. Uh, you may know him. He wrote Cinderella and Little Red Riding Hood. And as this tour is happening, this tourist was like, mm, what's, what's in this tunnel here? And apparently he got lost. I'm not sure whatever happened to him, if he made it out, if he was found. I did hear he never, uh, never came back out the way that he came so whatever you make of that I don't know so the part where you can go and tour around that's actually sealed off from the rest of the catacombs after a tourist got lost when they broke away from the tour but in this touristy part you will see the walls made out of bones and they were built to support the ceiling and they even built this really cool barrel like it's huge it's like a barrel column type thing and they made it completely out of bones and skulls it's wild it's actually quite beautiful like they I'll, I'll post a picture on the hell no insta it's uh tray halloween of them is it is that how you say tray halloween of them i feel like i'm not saying that right well anyways if you want to see these bone walls up close uh you can, like I said, there is a touristy part. And when you're entering that part of the catacombs, you will be greeted with a sign that reads, welcome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it actually reads, Arrête, c'est ici l'impure de la mort. <laughs> wow, how was my French there? Ooh la la. I'm laughing because I don't speak French. I thought I'd give that a crack. I'm sure any French listeners are laughing, but any non-French listeners may have thought that was pretty good. So thank you to the ones who think that was good. The sign means stop. It is here, the empire of the dead. Or, in probably a better translation, stop. This is the empire of death. Wow, how amazing is that sign? Okay, <sighs> that sign is... That sign is rock and roll, okay? And when I say entering, I mean that, you know, that's the entrance that the tourists go through, like I said, in the two kilometers that you are allowed to go visit. So go visit those. To enter the wild catacombs or the illegal catacombs, um, there's no sign. Why is there no sign? Because you're going in through a small hole in the earth, like a manhole on the street. You could be walking down a sidewalk, this manhole will slide open and a bunch of people covered in limestone dirt and mud maybe holding a human skull will pop out with little lights on their head like a miner and uh yeah they've most likely just been exploring the catacombs below paris because that is a way in <laughs> also those like manholes that people go in and out of police have welded those shut before not even knowing if people are down there or not not even knowing if that is somebody's only exit that they know that has gone exploring down there and they do that in an effort to deter the rebel explorers so even if you enter into one hole and you're like i know my way this is my hole 
there's no guarantee that entry is one you will be able to exit out of. And for that reason alone, I say no thanks. I say hell no. (laughs) Okay. In the 19th century, people discovered mushrooms growing in the catacombs and started to cultivate them because they were tasty little fungus grown in a death cave. If that is not niche, I don't know what is. These mushrooms are called, ready for my French again? Champion de Paris. Man, the French really have a way with things, don't they? I bet they made really classy, delicious, creamy, garlicky dishes with those death caps. Mmm, death cap creamy mushroom soup anyone (laughs) see why this is a halloween special the whole thing is just i love it okay in 1955 a law was passed making it illegal for the public to enter the wild catacombs which of course would have only made them all the more alluring to some paris today has about two million people living in the city so two million above ground and six million below. Maybe that can just paint a picture in your mind of just how many bones are in these catacombs. There is a lot of bones. Even though the tunnels are stabilized, they are not that well maintained because of the sheer dangers and intricate pathways. And because of this, in 1961, Yet again, a horrific collapse happened when the earth swallowed a neighborhood and 21 people were killed as they plummeted to their death and were buried alive amongst earth and rubble. The Mine Inspection Organization, it's still around today and that is probably why we haven't seen another collapse, but later I will talk about Uh, who they get a little help from to maintain these caves' stability. In the 1970s and 80s, the catacombs became a place for the alternative scenes to explore, party, smoke, drink, dance, hold shows, all without permits or the law. Just like that bacteria that needs no air to thrive, it was rock and roll. It was dangerous, unmapped, illegal, and a hell of a time, I'm sure. In 1981, a group of schoolboys who were extremely adventurous discovered they could break into buildings from the catacombs and one night they ventured through the tunnels, followed electrical cords, and ended up in the basement of the Ministry of Communications building where they then started ruffling, rifling? (laughs) Ruffling. Started rifling through drawers Uh, discovered and stole what a map of the entire catacombs probably that original map that charles gilmeau had made up in the uh 17th century so old map still still uh still relevant so anyways they got a hold of this so they got a hold of this map before this people had no idea where any of the tunnels went to Uh, but now armed with a map they were free to explore with some type of guidance and so they did they had been in the pantheon after hours they went into the louvre after hours they had paris in the palm of their hands and they could go into all of these iconic monuments and just like museums that people wait hours and hours to get into in the daytime they could go in at nighttime and do whatever they wanted and 
It was awesome. They formed a group called LayUX and they used this map for good. They wanted to not only preserve the catacombs, but also like national treasures. They knew people could get into like museums and these monuments through the catacombs. And they wanted to just prevent anything from being stolen or any pieces of history in Paris in France just disappearing forever. So they wanted, they're very interested in preserving history. Even people's wine cellars. We'll talk about that too. Uh, so this map, it for sure fell into the right hands. LayUX, they're fucking cool. Uh, and LayUX, it actually stands for the Urban Explorers, I believe. They created an underground bar, restaurant, and cinema in a secret room in the catacombs that was in full use for months, maybe even years by this secret society. And the reason it was discovered was when police accidentally found it during a training exercise. And I mean, it makes sense that LayUX would set up something like this because they would have to have meetings about, hey, what do we want to preserve next? How do we want to do this? What do we want to do? Because they were involved in some really crazy rebel projects like very good crazy rebel projects which took a lot of planning like they had three different categories I guess of members of the group they had like people who were good at infiltrating and getting into places they had people who could fix everything like just really good fixers mechanics and watchmakers and just people who were really good with that kind of thing and then I think the third category and I can't remember if this is correct was like planning maybe like planning parties and stuff I don't know don't hold me on that but I know they had like three <sighs> categories in their group so they would have needed like a meeting place well they could create the most badass meeting place in the world they knew these tunnels they knew the rooms so anyways this restaurant bar cinema area was set up and police discovered it during a training exercise and when the police were going through the tunnels they could hear dogs barking and they were like what the fuck there's no way there's dogs down here then they saw a tarp hanging that read something like construction site do not enter and they did enter of course and at the entry point was a security camera like what they discovered the dog's barking was just a recorded sound to try to scare people off and that they had somehow triggered it but behind the tarp were several rooms one was set up as a cinema the other a fully stocked bar the other a restaurant where it was completely capable of preparing food and making meals these rooms all had electricity running to them from illegal wiring by a professional what okay so that means they have electricians in lay ux they just have everyone who knows how to do anything really the people so so the police make a note to come back and shut it down and a few days later when they returned everything was gone the wire the wires had all been cut and nothing remained but the empty chambers oh wait one thing remained a note that read don't search for us what? How cool is that? Don't search for us. We know you were here. We know you're coming for us, but don't look for us. We're the rebel. We're the rebel. Uh, uh, we're the rebel restorers. Oh, 
That would have been such a good name. Lay UX is cool, but Rubble Restorers. Think of that. Think about that. Speaking of letters Lay UX have written, a member of Lay UX wrote a detailed report to a famous museum in Paris stating that their weak sauce security was too lax and breaking in and stealing shit was just too easy. So they should consider tightening that shit up. The letter was of course written nicer than that and it, a lot of work went into it. A lot of work. Basically, the writer spent weeks going over the museum and was concerned about the safety of the Parisian historic treasures kept inside, stating that they could have taken a lot of priceless pieces and never been caught. In fact, head of security discovered this letter one morning when he got into work and uh, he found this letter laying on his desk. The writer had strolled in unnoticed at nighttime wandered around the museum, went into head of security to drop off this letter, uh, and left completely unnoticed. Way to, uh, way to prove a point. I mean, if that's not proof that anyone can wander in there anytime they want and take anything they want and do anything they want, I mean, there you have it. I guess actually, uh, stealing everything and then returning it the next day would have been hilarious, but that could have merited legal action. So I wonder if they ever, ever considered that. They're like, hey guys, let's go into this museum. Let's steal everything. We'll move it into the catacombs. And then the next day, we'll put it all back. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> and then they're probably like, okay, no, because then we can actually get done for stealing like billions of dollars worth of shit. So let's not do that. Anyways, the head of security was like, WTF, get out of here get out of here with your free security assessment. And he got all insecure, maybe because the writer was a woman. I hear she was a woman who wrote, who did this security report. Or maybe because he was worried he was going to lose his damn job. But either way, he went to police and tried to have the writer arrested. But police were like, nah, man, there's no proof anything illegal took place. And maybe you should just be better at your job. Bye. Okay. Lay UX had access to some really cool places, including the Pantheon, like I said, and they would uh, go there through the catacombs after hours and hold parties and roll her blade around. They would hold their own art shows, but they were very respectful and would never leave a trace that they were ever there. And they would never take anything that wasn't theirs. At one of these parties, Perhaps, maybe it was at one of these parties, maybe it was just somebody going in and exploring on their own who's a member of Lay UX, but someone from the Lay UX crew decided to look at an old giant clock that didn't work anymore. This clock is old as hell, built in 1850, and it hadn't worked in a very long time, but this particular member was trained in making and restoring clocks and discovered it had been disabled. And he was like, hold up, wait a minute, let me get this clock working. It took this member a full year to restore it because they had to take it all apart, clean it and reassemble it in secret at nighttime. And this clock was huge. They needed a ton of tools. They needed a lot of shit to fix this clock. So they created a makeshift workshop in a hidden area inside the Pantheon. And they lived there. They basically lived there until they fixed it. And in 2005, it was fully working again. They ended up telling the guy who manages the place, hey, we fixed your clock. 
uh, because they wanted to make sure someone could tend to it and wind it every day, which might be why they disabled it in the first place. I don't know. Maybe like, oh, I don't want to wind that clock again. Let's just disable it. Oh no, the clock's working again. So the administrator of the Pantheon was mad as hell about this, actually. He was not like, hey, thanks for fixing this clock from the 1800s. Like this is a national treasure. Thank you so much for your free labor and your free tools and your free knowledge thank you no he was mad as hell well at first he was shooketh then he was shocketh and even pursued a legal battle against the people who fix it but the judge didn't agree that the fixer did anything wrong in fact he's like dude you did a great thing fixing this clock like awesome so they hadn't committed any real crime and they spent their own money to fix this beautiful clock and their own time to fix this beautiful historical clock so they didn't get charged with anything. Eventually the clock was purposefully disabled again by the administrator of the Pantheon. Lay UX, they were like, that really sucks. We spent a year doing that. It was totally cool. All they had to do was wind it. Do they not care about our national treasures? So anyways, they snuck in and fixed it again over Christmas and allowed it to work for a few days. But then they were like, oh no, what if they actually pay someone to break it? That would be really sad. So they snuck back in and they disabled it again. How cool are these lay UX members? They are cool. And also they are secret. You don't know who these people are. We don't know. You do know a few because, uh, yeah, there was that whole legal battle with the clock thing. One or two people may be known for that. Um, but after that, I bet you they will never tell anyone they fixed their clock from the 1800s ever again, because that went terrible for them, but they're cool. I love that they are doing the opposite of destruction and it still pisses people off. I love that. Uh, I once had the idea of reverse pickpocketing where I would slip money into strangers' wallets. I mean, that's not going to piss anybody off, but you know, and unfortunately I, I just don't have money to give away. Um, and I also don't know how to pickpocket. So it never took off, but how, how nice do you think that would be? Oh, I think I got $5 in my wallet. Oh, hold on. I have a hundred. What? Be pretty cool. Not everyone who is brave enough to explore the catacombs is like Lay UX. They're, you know, not everyone is interested in helping or preserving Paris's national treasures or even helping people. And in 2017, a quarter of a million euros worth of vintage wine was stolen from a cellar below someone's home when the burglars drilled into it through the catacombs. That must have been a lot of old expensive wine. That is a lot of euros. Imagine if all that wine had ended up turned into vinegar because it was so old and the thieves ended up with a lot of cooking wine 
Uh, so there you have it it's not just lay ux down there exploring it's also thieves and even some tourists who have no idea and no map which is terrifying uh like that same year that the old wine was stolen two teenage boys thought it would be fun to go down in there uh and adventure around in the tunnels until they got lost and police were sent in to find them four days later with the help of search dogs. Luckily, someone knew they went down there or else they might have been found dead, but they were found alive after four days in those tunnels, probably in complete blackness, probably scared as fuck. They definitely would have learned a lesson. This brings me to what's happening down there currently. This is where my research started, actually, and what got me hooked on wanting to know more about these catacombs. The first thing I did was type into YouTube, Paris Catacombs, and a YouTube video popped up by an urban explorer known as Josh. His channel is called Exploring with Josh, and I saw his channel a few years ago when I got really into nuclear power plants. Uh, in one of his videos, actually quite a few of his videos are him adventuring around abandoned nuclear power plants, which I found extremely fascinating. He also goes to places like Chernobyl. He goes to abandoned amusement parks around the world. He goes to abandoned mansions around the world. His channel is awesome and you should check it out if you haven't seen it it is so entertaining. I even messaged Josh on Instagram actually to see if he wanted to talk about the Paris catacombs on my podcast and what it's like to be down there, but no response. So thanks, Josh. Thank you. Thank you, Exploring with Josh for, um, you know what? You're probably busy. Forget about it. Josh, he did make a great one hour video on exploring down in the wild catacombs. And I think he was down there for over 12 hours. I can't remember, but it was a long time. And he went down there with some other urban explorers and a guide who they paid 10 beers to take them down there. And their guide led them to the bone throne where people sit on this throne made of human bones and they all take pictures of each other and they light it with candles and it looks really creepy, but also really fucking cool. In this video, they are seen squeezing through small openings, trudging through water and checking out different rooms in the catacombs, like the Nazi room yikes where, uh, during the war Nazis actually hid down there and, um, yeah, there's not Nazis down there now, but there were. Uh, there is a room for partying. There is a church room. There is all kinds of different rooms. And some are huge and really cool. People build things with the limestone and carve things and paint things. There's even a cinema room still there. The main question I wanted to ask him uh, if he did respond back to me, but he didn't. So thanks again, Josh. I'm just kidding. He's quite popular. He's definitely got over a million subscribers, I reckon. So he's busy. Anyways, the main question I wanted to ask him is where the hell are all these cataphiles going to the bathroom when down there? So I haven't really talked about this term yet, but a cataphile is a term to describe someone who explores the catacombs and knows their way around and spends a lot of time down there. And is just really familiar with it. And some of these parties that they throw down there they can gather up to like 300 patrons all drinking um where there's no bathroom so i just want to know where are people going pee because i have a sneaking suspicion it smells like 
piss down there. And urine is a horrifically strong smell. With that many people in a small space, all drinking, they must all just be peeing willy-nilly in all these corners. But nobody ever talks about that. I didn't in, I, I watched quite a few YouTube videos of people exploring down there and not once did anyone say like, oh, that's where you uh, go to the bathroom. Nobody said anything about it. So I'm just wondering, where's all that human waste going? Some some people spend days and weeks down there, like do the math, okay? I'm, I'm just thinking logistics. In Josh's video, it shows them collecting trash along the way to bring it out, which is cool. It shows all these cool rooms. It shows just how far these tunnels go. Well, it doesn't show just how far. they. I can't remember exactly how far they went in, but I'm going to estimate around 15 kilometers, which means they saw only a small percentage, more so than the tourist two-kilometer part. But in, you know, out of three over 300 kilometers, 15 kilometers, it's not that much. But but it is still extremely crazy to explore that 15 kilometers. It's wild. I wouldn't do it ever. At one point, they were crawling over a floor of packed human bones, probably two meters high. They, they come across rooms full of human bones and skulls. And yes, they do. They have a seat on the bone throne and they all take pictures. Uh, Josh and his friends they all make it out safely with the help of their guide. But then I watched another YouTube channel, a not so lucky group that went down there with a guide named Steve, who they met online and they paid him like $100 to take them down there. This channel is called TFIL, I believe, and it's over an hour long video, which I thought was actually better than the horror movie um, based on the catacombs that's filmed in the Paris catacombs called As Above Is Below. I mean, the video's worth, the, the movie As Above Is Below, it's worth checking out, but I honestly loved TFIL's YouTube video more than the horror movie. It's like, As Above Is Below, they add in all of these like mythical elements and these, I don't know, creatures and demons and stuff, but the catacombs is scary enough. Underground tunnels that can collapse and are filled with water and who knows who's down there. That's scary enough, okay? So in their video, in their YouTube video that they made on TFIL, it starts off with them being really excited to be in Paris. I think they're American, maybe Canadian, uh, but they are, you know, running around at, in Paris at nighttime. They're having a good time. The next day they meet up with this guy named Steve, who they pay a hundred bucks to take them down and, and show them the way in and out of the catacombs and show them to the bone throne and show them all these bone tunnels. So they enter the catacombs through the train tunnel. There's like a, a train tunnel. Um, and in the tunnel, there's like a hole in like the side of this cement that leads down into the catacombs, which is terrifying, but that's their entry point. Also, it's the same entry point used on As Above Is Below, which is creepy. And there's four of them, plus the guide. So there's four of these American or Canadians, uh, and then their guide. The first 45 minutes is really cool and shows all the narrow passageways and openings and rooms. In the catacombs, they find the bone throne and they crawl through the tunnel of human bones and they're having a great time being scared, pushing themselves out of their comfort zones and exploring the creepy catacombs. 
They take breaks to drink water and rest and chat about, you know, how fucked they would be if they didn't use a guide and how they would never be able to find their way out on their own. And by this time, they're 14 miles in, I think their footage said. So that's 22 kilometers. I'm talking about eight hours. They've been hiking deep under earth into these tunnels. So yeah, they're in deep. And instead of wanting to walk back to their original entry point the guide says you know hey I'm gonna go look for an exit near us we don't have to walk back eight hours so the guide goes uh through this hole in the wall to see what's up there because there's just holes everywhere people are just it is claustrophobic af down there so he goes through a hole in the wall and he's looking around and at the time the other the four members who have paid this guy they go into to these other rooms of the catacombs near them to see what's in there to see if they can find an exit or anything like that they don't find one so they go back to where their guide had went through the wall but they can't see their guide they can't hear their guide they're calling for their guide it's been about five minutes so they start to get worried they're yelling up through this hole, but no, Steve. One guy's like, okay, I'm gonna go up there and just see what's going on. So one guy goes through the hole and it's like leads to like a staircase and he goes up the staircase and he can't find Steve. And then he's greeted with a dead end, like solid cement and stone. There's no way out. There is no way that Steve had gotten through there. So they have no idea where Steve is. They wait about 25 minutes and still no Steve. They end up coming to the brutal realization that Steve has left them to be lost down there forever. Who knows why? Maybe because they are tourists and they have cameras, which are both not tolerated too well down in the catacombs uh, for a few reasons. Uh, either way, they have been left 22 kilometers into the tunnels with no way of knowing what path they need to take to get out. And apparently... Early on in the adventure, the guide said, uh, have you heard about the guide who takes tourists down here and then leaves them? Yeah, foreshadowing 101. The guy in the group, one guy in this group, he's like, let's just run. And that actually made me laugh when I heard it because uh, like learning about my own mental health and like how mental health works, like with the fight, flight, freeze response, this would be his sympathetic response kicking on. Uh, and it would have been engaged at that time, which is your fight, flight, or freeze response when the mind and body sense you are in danger. You know, you get that rush of adrenaline, you get a lot of energy and you're like, let's just run, let's just run. And the other guy says like, whoa, no, no, no. That is literally the worst thing we can possibly do right now. So luckily this other guy in the group, he's definitely feeling the surge of adrenaline as well, but he knows how to cope with it. And he's like, no, 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 don't run. That's the worst thing we can do just don't run. They end up thinking of a pretty solid plan and that is to rewind their camera footage and follow the path they took because on the video there are marker points like graffiti and the rooms and other stuff um, and they but they don't have unlimited battery power so they have to use it sparingly. After hours and hours they finally make it out and the next day they get a text from Steve their guide who abandoned them and the text reads, rather surprised you made it out. Hope that made for a better video, winky face. That's terrifying. A lot of people think that this video wasn't real and that their guide didn't actually abandon them down there. 
but I'm not so sure. If it was a fake video, then they did a really believable job at it and it's still very entertaining. Then I found another video by an English guy who paid a guide to take him and his friend down there, but ended up getting robbed and left in the tunnels by the guide. Uh, and they eventually came across a cataphile who helped them get out. This video looked really, really real to me. And I will post it in my show notes below. You can have a look through these videos. Do you think they're fake or not? Let me know. When people are exploring these tunnels, they will have a speaker playing music the entire time to alert other cataphiles and other explorers that they are not the police. Because if they think you are the police, they will toss smoke bombs in the tunnels to try to stop you from seeing them or going down that way. And they'll, and they'll just do shit like that. It's a, it's a crazy counterculture down there. Can you call that a counterculture? I don't know. It's wild down there. The reason police don't fully close it down, because you're probably thinking like, these are dangerous as fuck why aren't the police just like fully closing closing them down first of all you have no idea who's down there you can't block off at every entrance you could block people in for the rest of their lives so that option is out um no police they only give a small fine to people they find down there because some of the cataphiles they will alert the mine inspection group if they come across a collapse or an unstable area because remember if those tunnels or rooms collapse then Paris is going with it baby okay but police they can have people getting lost and dying down there and the cataphiles don't want that either because if it happens a lot then police they'll be forced to take harsher action against offenders sneaking in so it's kind of in this interesting balance right now with lay ux with cataphiles with the mine inspecting group with the police they're all kind of working together kind of do the best they can with what they have because the the paris catacombs yes they're dangerous but they need to stay stable let's talk about some scary stories that may or may not be true involving the Paris catacombs. I mentioned the horror movie, As Above, So Below, and that movie, it was actually filmed in the illegal parts of the catacombs. How they got permits for that, I will never know. It is dangerous as fuck down there. Insurance must have been through the roof for uh, filming that video. It was also based on a true story though, and this is where this gets interesting. So let me explain this. A camera had been found years earlier in the catacombs, and when the footage was played back, it appeared to be a man lost in the tunnels and losing his shit, like going mad um, that he couldn't get out. He was lost down there, he was freaking out. And the last scene in the footage is the camera dropping to the ground and the man running away, breathing heavy, like something is after him, like he's scared, but nothing ever follows him. And that man was never identified or seen again. And people were looking for him, like a journalist got this footage. It was like a journalist or a filmmaker. I don't think it was a filmmaker, but anyways, he got his hands on this and it became like a huge thing. Like who owned this camera and who is this guy we see running away? Cause you can only see his legs and his boots. Nobody knows. It's creepy as fuck, but some people think it's a hoax and the camera was intentionally put there to be found, which I mean, I don't know. Could it have been? Absolutely. Was it? We'll never know. Who's the man in the video? Never seen again. Never 
admitted to it. Nobody knows where the camera came from. There is also an urban legend that voices will lure people deep into the tunnels for the purpose of getting them good and lost until they die, which is terrifying. Imagine that you go into the catacombs and you can just hear voices being like, come this way, come this way, this way, this way. I'd imagine they'd like say your name too, because that's like terrifying. They'd be like, Lauren, through this tunnel is a bunch of border collie puppies. And I'd be like, out of my way, bitches. There's a ghost who says, they got a bunch of border collie puppies. I couldn't, I couldn't resist that. (laughs) Creepy. Okay. So voices luring you into these tunnels, absolutely terrifying. It is really silent down there as the limestone absorbs sound. And people have reported the silence really messing with their head. And sometimes they think they hear things that aren't there or are they? When I was scrolling on Reddit for information on the catacombs, someone in the post suggested watching the French YouTube videos of the wild catacombs. And I was like, all right, why not? And man, they were uh, very different to the English ones. The French ones showed people partying, having a good time, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, listening to music, hanging out in hammocks. It's awesome. It looks so much fun down there. I got more of a sense of community from the French videos and more of a spooky, dangerous vibe from the English ones, which I found interesting. Cameras are not particularly welcome down there because they don't really want the catacombs marketed online uh, to attract tourists to go down there and get lost and die, which I mean, good idea. But also maybe some people living down there are evading the law and they don't want any proof that they are down there. Or maybe they just don't want people to know that they hang out down there. I don't know. Watching these videos, it's so easy to forget there are 6 million bodies down there because for a majority of the tunnels and rooms, you don't see any. I mean, 6 million people, you think that would cover a lot of tunnels and rooms, but no, that's how big it is down there. I for sure believe some crazy ghost stuff goes on down there. uh, And who knows what's hiding down there in the deeper parts. There are rumors that there are satanic rituals, um, but nothing has ever been, you know, confirmed really. But people do hold rituals down there. Um, And that was even in in one of the videos, in one of the YouTube videos, they're like, oh shit, we got to find a way around this room because there's a bunch of people and they're having a ceremony. And you can like hear this like low eerie music and like people all like and I was like oh shit I would be finding a way around that room too because that's creepy but they didn't film any of it because they don't like being people don't like being filmed down there you gotta hide your cameras take your camera down there make sure you hide it if you come across someone you know what just don't go down there actually oh and one last thing before I wrap this episode up I also heard that every year the cataphiles throw a Halloween party down there called Cataween, <laughs> which I love. And I really, really, really hope that's true. I wonder if they're planning their Halloween party this year. Ooh, I would never go. <laughs> Even though I love Halloween and the catacombs are interesting, I will never, ever go to a party down there because tunnels, okay? Scary. Flooding. Scary. No. Okay. I would never recommend going down there um, and I will never go down there, but this subculture made me see Paris in a different light. Before I never 
cared really much to go to Paris. I just always thought it's expensive and overrated. But these secret dark tunnels filled with bones really gives Paris like a spooky edge that is very interesting. So that concludes my first Halloween special out of the four Halloween specials I will be releasing this spooky month of October. That concludes the first special edition episode to kick off Halloween month. If you have written any short, scary Halloween themed stories, they don't have to be Halloween themed, spooky stories, I want to read them. I want to read them on my podcast. I would love to do that. So please email them to hellnopodcast@outlook.com. hellnopodcast, all one word, at outlook.com. To the Paris catacombs, I say, hell yes, they seem pretty badass. But to going down into the Paris catacombs, I say, hell no. Please follow Hell No, a true crime podcast on Instagram so you can see photos of the catacombs and the bones and just some creepy, creepy stuff down there. Please keep sharing my podcast with friends and please follow, rate, and review on whatever platform you are streaming from. Next week, if you like horror movies, you're definitely not going to want to miss this because next week, I don't want to spoil it, but next week, I'm going to be talking about horror movies, but not just any horror movies. Horror movies that are based on real stories and true events, and I'm going to be talking about the true events that those movies are based on. So, thanks for listening, and see you next week. Bye!